Hello and welcome to Pop Abroad. I'm Michelle Ibarra, your host, a California girl currently living in Shanghai, China. So you've made the leap, or maybe you're considering it. I've been living abroad for 10 years in South America, Europe, and now Asia, and I want to help you navigate the ins and outs of migrating to a new place. Season one of Pop Abroad will be all about communities, why we need them, how we can use them to get comfortable in our adopted cities, and how great community leaders make it all happen. Now, let's get poppin'. This week, I am chatting with Kelly Oliver, the mind behind Sassy C, a community for ladies who like to sweat and socialize together. Hope you enjoy. Hello, girl. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you for joining. Okay, let's start off with the first question, which is, how the hell did you come to China? How did you pop abroad? Tell us your story. Tell us the when, the why, the how. Sure, no problem. Well, I think actually my story for going abroad started when I was 11 years old because I was actually born and raised in South Africa in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was 11, my family decided to immigrate to New Zealand. So that was actually my first stint of going abroad. Uh, so I completed school and uh, high school as well as university in New Zealand. And um, from there, after I was 21, I moved to Dubai. So I was in Dubai for a couple of years where I worked for Emirates as an air hostess. What? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, do you still get those points? Uh, I don't, unfortunately, <laughs> but I, I miss it to this day. So that was back. I joined Emirates back in 2004. Uh, And I met my ex-boyfriend in Dubai. He was actually also working for Emirates, but uh, in catering, Emirates Catering. He was a chef. And he was the one that got brought to China uh, for a job. And I followed him over. So that's how I ended up initially in Shanghai, uh, which is now... 2000 end of 2005 I arrived into Shanghai so we're going into nearly the 14th year of being in China and um wait he's still your boyfriend no he's not my boyfriend anymore but okay we moved from you have a new boyfriend now (laughs) uh, yeah (laughs) um and we moved from Shanghai to Beijing Ah. and I was in Beijing for a couple of years as well and then after we split I decided it was either go back to New Zealand at the time or I had the opportunity to come back to Shanghai so I kind of reincarnated myself for the second time around in Shanghai so I've been back in Shanghai since the beginning of 2011 so 2011 okay oh wow yeah yeah so a long long long-standing Shanghai Ren (laughs) yeah Shanghai for a while Dubai how do they compare um you know what? They have a lot of similarities in in some ways in that they're very social, mm-hmm. um, particularly, you know, sort of going out amongst like having food and drinks with friends. Um, I feel Dubai was a little bit more outdoorsy. It, it lent itself quite well to the outdoor aspect of things to be able to go to the beach or kite surfing or wakeboarding, although in the summer it's really, really hot. Say, can't you do like sandboarding? Or Absolutely. Like a lot you of can like go into sand the sports. Yeah, yeah, into the desert. So sand we'll sports. just travel to some of the other Emirates as well, which was which was really awesome. So that accessibility. But again, in terms of similarities, the expat community was quite small, you know, um, um, although it's vast numbers-wise, I think perhaps people after a little while you feel like that about Shanghai as much as there's a lot of expats it's almost like we're quite a small 
group of people that you tend to bump into or see or become familiar with, particularly once you've been here for a little bit yeah. longer, I think. Too. I think ex- there's bubbles in Absolutely. expat communities. And I can imagine, is Dubai more than Shanghai, do you think? or um, No, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. I okay. think that, well, although I, I guess it's obviously since I've been there, grown a lot. You know, people, ca- people come and go. That transient nature of expat communities as well. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly in Dubai. Back then it was also the place to be. And it's still very much the place to be. But now it's kind of gone over to Abu Dhabi or, you know, people have got other options. And yeah. there's, other, there's other places around the world that I think are attracting people. So... But it's not as cultural as Shanghai. So, you know, in terms of the different aspects of things, we're quite lucky being in Asia. You've got the cultural aspect, um, you know, of the local people and the food and things like that. Yeah. And, and that sort of aspect of different nationalities from the expat community that contribute to it. But yeah. we've got so much so much more that's rich in culture, I think, and, and vast and variety, that variety, I think, in China and Shanghai. Oh, I agree. I think there's a lot of that. Chinese people, they, I mean, we live among them. Like we live in the same apartment complex as them. And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of Chinese people and they're, they, they work harmoniously, I think, with the expats here as well. They really do. Yeah. And um, I mean, I haven't been to Dubai yet, but I can imagine, like, I've heard that the expat bubbles, they really, they're much more kind of pronounced there absolutely and i think a little bit more Mm close-knit as well to a degree too you know and then but you've also got your bubbles of you know you've got your airline crew which makes up a vast majority of that expat community i was gonna say what is the majority of the expats in dubai are they in finance are they in there's a few in finance um few in finance obviously the airline industry between abu dhabi for etihad and emirates in dubai which are fairly close together now um so you're your crew so it's your pilots as well as your you know your cabin crew yeah um and obviously a lot of international school teachers you know because you've got a lot of other fa- you've got a lot of expat families there yeah. so a lot of international schools and but what, teachers are, what are the families doing what are the fa- where are the families working at we're like where are the parents um Is it lo- oil companies a lot of oil companies a couple of oil companies and then definitely the finance aspect of things mm-hmm. and then again i don't know how much it's changed now because it's such a long time ago i mean it's 14 years ago since i was there mm-hmm. right and then obviously you've got the other aspect of within the airline industry not just in terms of on the airplanes but you've got donata you've got emirates in terms of a company in terms of man you know management logistics operations and all that aspect of things which also you know serves a huge amount in terms of job opportunities and things too so that sounds cool i've, I've been wanting to go to the middle east for years it's the one place that i haven't been to i mean i've lived in south america i've lived in europe i've lived in asia for so long but the middle east to me is still for me that's the final frontier yeah africa too i still need to go to africa but dubai from the community that i support and run in asia we have communities in dubai too or in the middle east and dubai and abu dhabi from what i've heard it's harder for women expat women living in the middle east i was going to ask you how is that how was it being a woman an um, expat woman in the Middle East. Yeah, I, you know what? I never really experienced any difficulty with it per se. I think I had to be a lot more mindful as a woman living in the Middle East. And certainly there's rules and regulations around that in terms of dress codes and, um, you know, going going to the beach. and. But in general, not just being a woman, there's also, you've got to, also in terms of the religion and the culture, you've got to also respect, you know, their different customs too. So I think one of the biggest things that 
I had to get used to being a woman or not was a lot of the bars and the restaurants and things like that are all in hotels because they are where the alcohol licenses are, you know, and you, you had to have an alcohol license to be able to have alcohol in your apartment. So it wasn't just a bottles XO order that we get in Shanghai to your house, which you, you could probably do that. But if at any point you needed to have an alcohol license, there weren't just alcohol shops that you'd pop into and go and grab a bottle of wine. You couldn't drink in your, you could drink in your apartment. if you had an alcohol but license. you'd have to go somewhere you'd have to go to a hotel to buy a bottle you'd have to go somewhere licensed to buy a bottle so it might it's not as accessible yes um, there was other ways of accessing it but it required a lot more logistics and planning like yeah. and a bit of a trip and a bit of an undercover <laughs> covert operation <laughs> six weeks from now on a friday night i'm gonna plan ahead i'm gonna plan for my party two months in it. like that's how i imagine yes. it would be like you have to it's kind of you really have to be well planned Absolutely, especially if you want to do things um, socially, like at your apartment or outside of formal venues that are restaurants or bars. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of would be like the Hiltons and the Marriotts and the big big hotel chains. But you know, it works. There's bars, there's clubs, there's restaurants, but they just not stand alone. They're not standalone venues like you would be used to in any other part of the world, let alone Shanghai, Hong Kong. You know, makes, yeah, it's just, it's a very unusual. So it's a, it's a huge mindset wise, but, um, I never felt unsafe. You mm. know, I felt, I that's felt, important. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. I think the hardest part for women living abroad, especially if she's moving abroad on her own, yes, is safety. Absolutely. So, I mean, the story that I heard from the community in Dubai was that sometimes Emirati women would go to events, but then their husbands would say, you can never go to another event with these women again. It would be a one-time event. And we were like, we would talk to them and we would say like, okay, well, what do we do now? And we're like, well, we can't, it's the culture that that's, that's how it is there. And it was, I think it was hard for a lot of the expat women to, you know, to think like, I want to be friends with these Emirati women, but they can't always come and hang out. They can't always. Correct. Yeah. And even the way that they go about it amongst their own people. So women, you know, um, you obviously they have their burqas, which they wear, you know, around um, out out in public during the day. But what I always never cease to amaze me and, and still I'm in awe of this and it's really hard to grasp. But, you know, they wear the most amazing outfits under it and they've got beautiful makeup and they're well-dressed and put together. But they would go to events and then, you know, behind closed doors, their burqas, because they're amongst themselves, they would come off. off. They, they yeah. can take them off and then they would just look like you yeah. and me on an everyday basis, yeah. you know. And, and that's their time to to shine, as it were. You don't get to see them shine in everyday life otherwise you know they all look very similar and and that's something that it's a different culture completely absolutely but it makes it unique you know and interesting and i had the best experience and i loved my time in dubai really loved it i mean i think we that's how we learn i think that's how our mindset changes and grows and i think the middle east is one of those places where we realize like wow our past really does dictate our culture, our mindset, the way we look at everything, even from clothing, you know, like we don't think about it. Like on a day-to-day basis, we're like, what are we going to wear? It's hot. Let's wear something like, let's wear a tank top today. But in release, it's like, no, it's- You've got to think through things a little bit more and be a bit more mindful, which is not a bad thing. Interesting. Okay. Well, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the community that you've started in Shanghai. Yes. So tell tell us about the community. (laughs) Tell us about your newest community that you just started. All right. Well, the newest community that I've started is uh, Sassy, which 
I've used a little bit of a play on words from the word sassy, but I've created the community of SASS.C, which is short for a sweat and social sisters community. And it really grew out of my passion for people, food and fitness and a way that I could kind of incorporate all of those things. I'm a pretty sociable person and I love connecting people Mm -hmm. and I love events and I found a way to try and put all of those together and actually kind of grew organically. Um, So for those that don't really know me, I also am an instructor at F45. So I've built the best fitness yeah. gym, the best gym. It's global now. It's huge. It's amazing. It, it is huge. It's and my amazing. favorite too. Oh, I'll, I'll plug F45 all day. I love oh, F45. Awesome. Thank you. And you know, there were, we were surrounded by a lot of, well, I was surrounded by a lot of amazing females and you don't always get time to catch up while you're on the floor, literally trying to catch up with your own breath. Right. So yeah. it was a nice way to come out of, come out of, the studio and and find a way to be social. So it almost organically started with a female F45ers event that we did a fish and chip Mm -hmm. Friday night. Um, But people really resonated with it. They really enjoyed it. And so I decided to sort of grow it from there and expand it. So it's not an F45 group. It's mine. um, It's mine solely that I've now grown and expanded to the wider and not just fitness community, but foodie community and female community to incorporate all sort of walks of life for people that like food. They like fitness. They also find a place where they can meet other like-minded ladies and kind of feel comfortable and empowered between sharing ideas. And it gives me the opportunity to hopefully highlight other females from within the Shanghai community, whether it's food or fitness or some other aspect or industry that I can help promote them, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they've achieved or accomplished something. So just a bit of a platform from which we can grow together no i love it i think it's it's super empowering and i I mean i'm in this group as well and i I love it i love that like how you support the women within the community thank you you really you really do empower them you push them and you you promote them and i love that i think that's one of my favorite parts thank you and i actually have to say thank you to you because you've actually supported (laughs) me in return as well when we've when i did some women's day aspects of things and you know i know that you're a large part of the shanghai female community as well with all that you do so power baby yeah Yeah. it's really and i do look up to you so you do a great job no don't don't (laughs) make me cry no 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 no. No, it's it's really i think being a woman community leader it is it's not easy and i that's why i wanted to talk to you today i wanted to bring you in on me like i wanted to ask you like are you finding anything challenging? Like what is going on with the community? Yeah. I mean, it's it's newer, but I want to know like what has been the hardest part for you thus it far? It is really new. And, you know, um, I think the hardest part for me has been more personal because I have so much passion for it and I have so much vision for it and there's so much that I want to do, but I've also got to learn how to do it. Um, so I'm learning what people want, when they want it, who best to collaborate with. And, you know, it's not the only thing, and I'm sure you can attest to this, it's not the only thing that I do. So how do I make it fit in? And how do I make it valuable, enjoyable, and memorable? Because obviously we're all in so many WeChat groups here and there's a lot of chatter, right? And I want it to be meaningful. Um, And I also don't want people to be annoyed by it. So the idea was always to have monthly meetups. And I've subsequently 
fallen short of that, um, to be perfectly honest, to a degree. But that's been for a number of reasons of trying to coordinate logistics and collaborate with people. Yeah. Um, oh, so- logistics are hard. I mean, they, <laughs> even planning one event a month, when yeah, you have a full-time a job, if you have a family, if you have side hustles, like if you have a lot of stuff going on, planning just one event a month logistically it takes a lot of time it really does and i think sometimes people don't realize like building communities is a passion it's it's out of it most of the time it comes out of passion absolutely and and i think engagement even online is really important it's one thing to have the offline right and to have that monthly event but as long as you keep them engaged online and and i think the way you empower the other girls and you're like, you know, you're doing great and this is my friend and she's doing awesome things. I think women need that. I think it makes them feel like, oh, you know, there are other people supporting me. And especially because we're living abroad, like we don't always get that. You know, we need our, we need the champ, we need our champions. It's so true. And um, it was actually something that I touched on from you giving me a little bit of a heads up so I could be mostly prepared, although I love, I do like winging stuff. I'm sometimes a little bit better at winging stuff. Um, and it is, it's that, mo- it's that momentum, keeping that momentum, but the right balance of momentum and that we're all equals. We're all doing really good yeah. things here. And, and that's what, that's what I also want, like the spirit behind Sassy to be. It's, there's no real exclusivity. Like I understand that there's certain groups that are gluten-free or there's like travel groups or there's fashion groups or yes. there's whatever it is groups. And that's great. And I think that's necessary, but this is a, a platform that's all inclusive that can empower everybody, no matter what their walk of life, you know, and then yeah. hopefully they can feel comfortable and in a position where they can ask questions or share their stories or their concerns and feel that it's supported or and not be afraid to to speak out you know and that they will get a good and positive response back from yeah. others within the group so i hope that i hope that that's what people do feel when they join it you know um they do absolutely yeah. absolutely that's that's the vibe i i've been getting and that's why i was I wanted to bring you on and I want to talk to you because I I think it's amazing. I think women need communities, especially abroad. I think it's really, really important. No, I I also wanted to ask you, like, what is the plan? (sighs) So, I mean, it's been a few months now. And I'm sure, you know, you've you've been having events and you've been moderating a WeChat group, which is – it's what we use in China to to communicate. It's our social app, social messaging app. So, it's it's basically our Facebook or Facebook yeah, or WhatsApp. Yeah, I suppose. Or, face, or WhatsApp. Yeah, it's yeah. like our Facebook, our Instagram, and our WhatsApp combined. It really is. So we use WeChat groups, which are like kind of Facebook messages, I guess you could say. So we all just chat and we we post events and we do all we do everything internally within this group chat. There's a moderator, so Kelly is the moderator. She's the admin, and it's not easy to be an admin. No, but you know what? I'm so proud of all the girls that are in the group because. They've read that group notice and for the most part, they've really respected it. You know, I have people send me a separate message and say, is it okay if I post this or, you know, is it relevant or how does it work? You know, or do you mind? And they, they get that approval first, which I absolutely appreciate because again, it goes back to that chatter. I want people to share and I'm all for promoting, but you can equally get lost or lose track or just drown the essence of a group chat out very easily, particularly if people are coming in and you don't necessarily know them personally and I'm, you know, promoting products or services and, and that can happen very easily with, because it's, it's such, it's such a convenient 
tool that people can just literally go kind of send to all. And you don't want that sort of spam. You know, again, you want it to be valuable. You want it to be meaningful and you want it to be relevant. Moderating it hasn't been too bad. When it's event time, as you can imagine, it's a, it's a little bit more frantic um, because you've got people messaging you and you've got to keep up with messages amongst everything else of who's, who said (laughs) yes, no. You're like, it's on the flyer. (laughs) It's on the flyer. Read the flyer. No, you don't pay and then creating that the next door. separate group to the other group that's for another group. Like but it's at 10 a.m., <laughs> not 11. You yeah. got her late. So you, it's, the class is over. Yeah, no. But it's, so far, you know, so far it's been really good. But plans are, you know, to keep that momentum. So yeah. um, I'm hoping um, towards the beginning of June uh, to host a natural cosmetics mm. class at Crafted, which um, a lovely lady called Philippa, who I just recently got this amazing canvas with a neon sign. That is my logo of Sassy that she made for me. She's wow. amazing. And I also got one that's that is Coach true, Kelly. like girls celebrating girls and helping women. Absolutely. That is, so I can't wait to whip that out at an event. But anyway, she's super creative. Um, she was one of the first female um, cutters on Savile Row. So she like making suits on Savile Row. Yeah, she's a pretty amazing woman. So she's, ho- she's going to host us um, a natural cosmetics workshop at the beginning of June. I'm looking at a summer social in terms of a more sort of drinks and getting dressed up type thing and then um ongoing collaborations is also something that i would really like to work with so at the moment i've got mariana from bolka who does the culinary experiences yeah. and the cooking classes we should do something together too actually yeah. we could do something together that would be actually really fun yeah so a few more collaborations again to bring other communities that are out there in shanghai together and and have that equality i think where we can all support one another meet new people um and i think you know everyone's got great ideas i don't know what all those great ideas are i'm hoping i've got some of them but i know other people have got good ones too so um and you know perhaps to a point where i can even grow it towards doing things that are retreat based so maybe it is gathering girls for a couple of days and obviously it would need to be small because from a logistics point and a management point of view that gets a little (laughs) bit harder but again um and workshops so getting nutrition workshops I've got another lady who I've spoken to she does a lot of tablescaping and also event design or sort of um decorating but utilizing renewable renewable Mm -hmm bits and bobs of recycling goods and upscaling or up you know yeah upscaling Upsca- good upcycling upcycling like, that's the word i'm looking for yes that? upcycling that's the word yes upcycling things so in terms of having a bit more of a um yeah i mean you could do environmental impact if so the niche is fitness though right like if you had a put yourself in a in your own community bubble what your community i guess from yeah absolutely from my background and my passion and drawing on those other people yeah fitness and then from a food aspect of things in terms of being and that's where the sweat and social comes in that that nice balance of we all like to we all like to maintain a certain amount of fitness but we also like to go out and have fun because when you're like going, you I go to the gym, you know, once in a while. Well, those those odd weeks when I go to the gym, <laughs> I go and then I leave and I go home and I'm like, you yeah. know what? It would be nice if after I exercise, I can go to brunch or get a, a smoothie or you know, absolutely. Get, and that's why hang I say out. you you spend uh, well. It doesn't feel comfortable people. always, right? Like I no. would say sometimes. You're kind of like, do I talk to the person that I'm, is my exercise partner? Yes. Or do I just walk, like how, 
what is the level of friendship? And I think it's important to have that kind of expediter or that host to bridge that like, okay, like now we've just exercised, let's go do this together. And even like right before, right after. Yes. And to have that person to help and host. And because it's not easy to just walk up to somebody and have a conversation. You've never met them. And you're like, okay, like, I think this is why community leaders, why event hosts, event organizers, they have a a really important role. Absolutely. Because we are the ones that are, you know, maintaining, managing and, and, and promoting women to hang out and talk to new women, especially, especially abroad. Like we we don't know each other. We just, we just moved maybe last week from our hometown. And you need, you know, I think women crave connection and it is our pseudo family, you know, and if you are going, say from the fitness aspect of things, you do spend a lot of time there, right? So it's nice if you can feel that you can translate from that. It is not just as something that you go and do and you have to leave again. It's something that can you know, be a part of your everyday life and, and go beyond that a little bit, you yeah. know? So, and for me, it's great. I mean, I like connecting people. I've met so many new people and learned about other people, you know, and found out about things that are happening around to, for the fact that I've been here for so long. There's so much that I don't know, or I haven't experienced. Yeah. Wait, this so how many ex- years have you been abroad now? Um, well, I've been in 12? China for... I don't want to, I don't want to age you though. <laughs> oh goodness, that's okay. I just got a, a whole year older like, a few weeks ago. It's totally fine. I'm comfortable with aging. More than half your life. Um, yeah. So More than half. I left, yeah, I've been overseas for 16 years, so, but in China for... So the, you've seen some crazy aging. stuff. I can't imagine like, it hasn't always been fantastic. I want to hear like a no. crazy story or a weird story. Of life abroad, right? Because we've all, I mean, we've all had like some crazy shit happen to us. Well, in Beijing, I was very fortunate. This is probably not like crazy, but it's cool, crazy, I suppose. (laughs) So in Beijing in 2008, I was very fortunate to work on the 2008 Beijing Olympics. So um, I worked for an event management company and um, I was fortunate enough. Part of what we did was hosting the opening party for the Australian Olympic Committee. So I met a couple of Australian celebrities outside of the athletes. But um, we also did the um, ceremony, the official handover from BHP Billiton, who produced the 2008 Beijing Olympic medals, to Bocock, which is the committee for the Olympics, oh, wow. Beijing Olympic Committee. I actually had 2008 gold medals from the Olympics, legit medals in my house, in the safe that I had to handle with white gloves. And I saw them. I'm never ever going to own one. But you what? Know, I, no. got, I got to see That's them. That's a terrible mentality. Don't say that. You never no, know. You, you might. never know. You never do know. But um, Kelly here is is going to do the Spartan tomorrow. The Spartan race. Oh yes. So no she is an athlete. She there was um so there's a Disneyland in Shanghai and she won. There was a Disneyland race and she won first place in the race. Okay. And she, obviously she's Just a, as she's an F45 instructor. So yeah. she's she's fit. She's not going to admit it, but she's very very no fit. thank you no I am. I am definitely um, working working on the fitness side of things and and whatnot. And yes, Spartan tomorrow. So so that's a kind of crazy cool thing, you know. That I've which yeah. you know being a part of the Olympics. Yeah, that's... being part of the Olympics and in China. Know, in China, <laughs> I mean, crazy story. Back this is when China really opened up. This was like, yes. they're, I'm open, motherfuckers. Like capitalism, where we're Absolutely. here. Like come, let's invest. Yeah. Like, I mean. China, people don't always think of China as the most open place. But when it comes to business, like, they want your money. They will take it. They will they export. They will import. They they are all about it. And I think 
the Olympics was the big one. We're like, wow, this country, they they, they have stuff going on. They know they really what they're do. doing. They really, really do. And they actually do do it well, you yeah. know. For all their other quirks, they do do it well. But one other crazy story <laughs> from my Emirates days, not from my China days, of, of being cabin crew. Thank- all right, so what's the story? I'm not going to guess. I, I have some... Some R-rated thoughts in my mind, but what is it? I guess some No, thoughts. so it was literally, I unfortunately never came across any R-rated situations. Oh, wow. Really, really didn't. But I'm sorry. It was like, a- no, the crazy things <laughs> of like, can we open the door to hang things outside? Like, no, you cannot open the door. Please don't go close to the door. Really, that's not an option. And I also got caught unawares um, once we got grounded. And it was one of my first flights. And I... It was to Riyadh. And so, you know, I was supposed to actually be wearing pants and I was wearing a skirt and I didn't, I made a real newbie faux pas and I got in a lot of trouble and literally had to tie like a blanket around myself to like cover my legs, even though I had stockings on yet. And, um, yeah, it was a lesson very well learned, but, um, (laughs) so that was kind of crazy and it was very scary at the time because we thought maybe we would get grounded and not be able to fly back to Dubai and have to stay and I was very ill prepared so um yeah that was that that was kind of crazy in terms of just realizing the impact and the severity of such a situation and it was by no means intentional I was very new and it it was a genuine mistake but yeah so (laughs) but no nothing else nothing else super super duper crazy Okay, no, that's a good, I think, I mean, I think being an air hostess, I can't even imagine the bullshit that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but you did get some good flight. You got free flights out of it, right? Yeah, so we had staff travel, um, which were discounted flights and things like that all on standby, and we got to go to amazing places, you know, some of my destinations, we would be traveling for eight days, you know, at a time, so. In between flights? Uh, No, no, unfortunately not. Because you were staying, you went from Emirates to where else? Like, where where was the farthest flight you had? Dubai or to Australia or New Zealand. So, but the thing is, you would never, ever really be in a place for more than one, maybe two days at a time. Wow. Yeah. So, a lot of, yeah, very, very short, short stints. Yeah. 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 That's very, really very short. Because I thought, like, I mean, I guess if you have, like, a, what, a 12-hour flight, then one day, I guess... Yeah, so minimum rest some cases. So like in New York, it would be a 14-hour flight. You'd get some rest on the flight, but we'd be there for 36 hours and come back. So, yeah, unfortunately, my first New York flight, I was so knackered and just so jet-lagged and just didn't know whether it was like morning, night or somewhere in between. And I was walking back to the hotel and just so physically exhausted and tired. And I thank God I had a a bag with me, but I just was nauseous. And I literally ran because I thought I was going to have to throw up in a bin on the side of the road. And I had a bag and I had to throw up into this bag just because my body was just in all sorts of... Honestly, I hate flying now. Disarray. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, I thought, you know, I think when you're younger, you're like, oh, yes, I'm going to go travel. Yay. You know, like Instagram pictures and all this. And it's so wonderful. But now that I'm in my mid-30s, I'm like, traveling, like long flights, they it's are, taxing. they hurt my back. They hurt my hips. They hurt my knees, like my shoulders. Like- I think it's worse for a passenger, though, because now that I'm a passenger on those long flights, like you say... I'm terrible. Best thing about a flight attendant, you can get up, you can walk around as much as you like. Uh, We'd go and visit the cockpit. So we'd hang out there for a little bit. If you're on long flights, you'd maybe go underneath to the cabins where you could, 
you know, okay, well, don't tell sweet. me that. I'm a consumer. I'm a. I know. I'm, I'm the sorry. Sorry. Right, maybe so be, much maybe that will be my next job. Will be an air hostess because oh, I mean the benefits job. are great if you they love are. traveling. Yes. So you know, living abroad, I think it's the one thing that I also kind of regret being in China. Whilst I've traveled around a little bit, I really every opportunity I've got, I always leave. I think yeah, we all do it, right? Yeah. And I just think I really it depends to, where you live in China. I guess so, but I really. I would highly recommend to anybody that was new to really prioritize spending more time where you are exploring yes. where you are and what you're doing and going weekend just those, trips. Those weekend, weekend trips. trips. You know, you don't need I have this terrible mindset sometimes of being like, if I've got to go away, I'm like, I need a week to go away. No, I need don't. a beach. That's or a pool. Because in certain parts, like we live in Shanghai. Yeah. I want I it's a major city, it's twenty five million people. I want a pool. I want I want Escape. clarity i yes. want to read a book in yeah. peace i want people shouting that's true outside my window every day which is life if you live in a major city yes so no i yeah but traveling yeah. is still fantastic obviously we live abroad but um it does it does take it does wear the body it does yes, it, does, absolutely. it takes my body is not the same anymore i think my neck especially mm. i think my neck it's hard like and i love my sleep and i never sleep very well on a i have no problem sleeping on planes i i oh, pass yeah, out okay, really especially like, like when you're about to take off it's like it's no i think it's so stressful getting to the airport yeah you're worn checking out already, in. Aren't you? <laughs> as soon as i buckle it i'm out and i have no problem with it and my partner's like what the fuck he's like fuck you can never can sleep on flights Granted, he's a big white man, but he just like I'm just like good night. Like no matter yeah. even if it's in the middle of the day, any time of the day, I'm just like it's such a oh, stressful thing to yeah, do. Good for you. No, that's the one <sighs> thing I love my sleep. So traveling when you're on a plane is yeah that that I find the most <laughs> difficult. But once I'm there, like you, that adrenaline kicks in. You're excited whether you're visiting family. I or still get excited. New, I new still places, get excited. And you're like okay, it's it's but a blip that's been and oh. gone now. So um. When we when I end my show, I, I always like to ask the guest, my guests their absolute favorite expression that they have learned while living abroad. So my favorite expression is in well in China, I think. I have two favorite expressions. And one is mama hu hu. Yes. Which is like in Chinese it means like, eh, so so, it's yes. mediocre, it's fine, mama hu hu. Like, oh, like so now if I don't really like something or if like the pizza I had was, you know, so so, I'll be like, Oh, it was mama hu hu. Yeah. That's my favorite one. And then from living in Korea, I always there's an expression that's a, is chugule, which is like, do you want to die? What the what the fuck? Like, do you want to die? As in, like, are you crazy? Like, have you lost your mind? It's, it just means like you're being crazy right now. Yeah, like, don't be silly. It's interesting. It's WTF? It means WTF. Almost, okay, right. In my way. So those are my two favorite expressions that I've learned while abroad. So I was going to ask you, what is yours? What is, okay. your, what well, is one I, of your favorite expressions? One of my favorite expressions. I, I don't know. I, uh, okay. One, one that, and I don't know how many people are familiar with this, and I don't always use it, but it is a really good one. And it's bang bang ma in Chinese. And like, you typically can use it as like, bang bang ma. Bang bang ma. So if you're like at the markets and somebody's like, you know, you want to buy something that costs 20 RMB and they're like, want to charge you 100 RMB, you can be like, bang, bang, ma. And you're like, are you fucking kidding? Are you serious? Really? What? Bung, no. Bung, yeah. It's like. I'm going to use that. Like, I like that. W- kind of like WTF. Kind of like WTF. Bang, bang, ma. Like, don't be ridiculous. Like, yeah. you're taking the piss. Like, it has so many different meanings. But bang, bang, ma. Like, come on. Don't be like, what the hell? Because ma is the question. Yeah. 
Yeah. And bung, what's bung bung? I actually don't know how it translates, to be perfectly honest. I'd have to ask one of my colleagues. I guess that's why I, ex- you, I learn expressions and I don't know how to break them down, but I learn them and I'm like, yes, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Because they're catchy. They are. And bung bung, bung bung. Bung bung. Like, yeah. It's but, you know, you got to be on that bung bung ma. You know, like, get, put that little bit of Chinese, like, yeah. are you kidding? The attitude. You, you got to get the attitude. attitude. Absolutely. I love ma fan. I think ma fan is... Such a great word, and Marfan, I fun, yeah. you know, is trouble, but it's Marfan, you know, of and Dongshi. Sorry, but I love Dongshi things. Like I've got my Dongshi, like where your Dongshi. A Dongshi is just a great Marfan and Dongshi. I feel like just so you encapsulate few, all your Chinese ones. Oh, have Chinese your Chinese ones, ones down. Yeah, I have for arguing. I think because I've been here for so long, but you know, it's oh, it's it's too much Marfan. You know, it's too much trouble. I can't be bothered. Or, yeah. Um, but Bang Bang Ma is a really good one and one that a lot of people are not necessarily very yeah, familiar with. Yeah, I haven't with. heard that one. I haven't. Yeah, I don't. From my, another one, Khatful. Khatful. If you're Khatful, you're like fed up, you've had enough. It's Afrikaans. So that comes I was from my say. South African. Khatful. Um, if you're Khatful, like you've had enough, you're like, you're done. That's it. You're like toast, like done. That's it. Fed up. Mm, those are good but a little bit harder to say because you need that you have that yeah. i can't do that it's very <laughs> guttural and like back of your throat and you really have to yes exactly you have to like it's like you're hawking a loogie with a, from the back yeah from the back of your throat yeah. so yeah <laughs> all of those are good ma fan bung bung ma yeah and dongshi dongshi oh dongshi is stuff stuff in yeah, chinese got things, your dongshi yeah. yeah got all my i love that i actually dongshi. learned that one a little while ago because when I started to try to learn Chinese, which is the hardest fucking language, it's it is not, so yeah, difficult. Because when I lived in Korea, okay, it was all good. But in China, no. It takes it's, a lot of time. It's, it. it's a full-time job. Yeah. So. But okay. it is a good language. Thank you. Thank I love you. that. Yeah. Thank you for joining today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having I me. Love, I do appreciate I love chatting with you. Yes. And um, tell Likewise. us, like, how we can connect with you. Plug yourself if you have if your Instagram or yes, so or, in, yeah, yeah Instagram guess. personally I'm at Kiwi Kells. Uh, for Sassy it is at uh, Sassy which is S A S S dot C. Um, and then, I mean, if people are in WeChat and they connected with yourself or within the community, wider community, or you can always come and find me down at F45. I'm, I'm typically hanging out there, but at Kiwi Girls for Instagram at Sassy, um, S-A-S-S dot C and then via, yeah, via WeChat individually there to be looped into the group and happy to connect with anybody. Yay. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining in and hope you start popping abroad soon. If you want to learn more about the community mention, info will be in the show notes. Want to connect? Know a global community that's helping expats live their best lives? Let me know. Find me at Pop Abroad on Instagram. Pop Abroad is proudly a part of the Migration Media Network, where we share with you the stories of the migration experience. Check us out at migrationmedia.net for all of our shows.